Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 213. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we got some Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing there, Kevin? Pretty good. This week on the show, we'll be talking about Jason Bateman's latest, The Family Fang. I'll also be giving my spoiler-free thoughts on Captain America Civil War. Kevin couldn't be bothered. He's like, I couldn't be bothered to see that shit. I'll check that out when it comes out on the DVD. And I can watch it at home. With with my bathroom breaks and my cigarette breaks, the way it was meant to be seen, folks. <laughs> exactly. That's what that's what cinema's all about. Okay. Multiple bathroom breaks and smoke breaks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nice. And then and that one time that you had to pause it just to look something up on the internet real quick because <laughs> it just popped into your head. You're like, what was that show from 1993 that I always watch? It's yeah. That's those are the joys of watching at home for sure. That's how, that's how it is. We'll also be talking about some of uh, some of what we've been watching on the watch list. Movie predictions, new on video on demand, Blu-ray releases. First up, let's start things off like how we always do with some news. Got a number of things on the list today. First up, Justin Lin is set to direct Space Jam 2. Oh, I thought that was a joke. It was not a joke. LeBron, that was the real thing? LeBron James will be starring in Space Jam 2, directed by Justin Lin. Oh, okay. Now, Justin Lin is, he's, uh, he's doing the Fast and Furious movies now, I, th- I believe. He took over that, right? <laughs> yeah, you asked me. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally up on all the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, yeah. he d- I know that he, he did, um, I think he started at f- the 3, part 3. And he directed three, six. He did six. He did six. Yeah, he did. He did five, five, and four. Yeah, and three. Damn. So he did three, four, five, and six. Watch out! I think it was James Wan that that did seven, and maybe he's doing eight also. This, oh, That's right, Star Trek Beyond. That's what he moved on to do. He's doing the new Star Trek movie, and apparently, a, a one of those Born sequels. Yeah, I don't know what here. that's all about. And an un, un, untitled Shaolin Temple remake. Oh, uh, that's cool. Watch out. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Justin Lin, remember Better Luck Tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Loved that movie. Big fan yeah. of that movie. Now look at him. Now he's doing Space Jam 2. <laughs> I know we talked about it before, and I, I just don't understand. Made it, man. I just don't understand the whole cult following that, that Space Jam, the original, has amassed. Well, it's because it's all a joke, but even as a joke, it can't be that it can't be that rewarding as a joke, right? It's a bad movie, I'm sorry. It's just, it's bad. Yeah, what, do you, what do you get out of being like, ironically liking Space Jam? I don't know. What do you get out of that? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't care. I don't want to see this movie. <laughs> I have no interest. I'm done. It's terrible. Yeah. This is a terrible idea. I I want to know how much money. How much money? Because even me, as like someone that I like, I could use a lot of money. If they came to me yesterday and they're like, "We want you to direct Space Jam 2 for four million dollars," I'd be like, "No, nah, no, thanks. I don't want that to happen." Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Especially for someone like him, he's already in the Fast and Furious movies and the Star Trek movie. Like, yeah, he's already he's established. Already- yeah, he, you already got to be raking it in. Yeah, he's already made it. 
No need. No need to go on to do something like this. I just can't see in what world this would be good. I just, there's just no way it's going to be good. It's it won't happen. It will not, it will not be good. You know, some movies you don't really know. You go either way. Some movies you think might, are probably going to be bad, but you're still hopeful. You still, you still have some hope left in you. Space Jam 2 will not be good. Mark my words. It's going to be terrible. No. Well, there's, and like you said, there's even movies where you're like, oh, if it has the right people attached, it could be good. Yeah. yeah. You got like a good seed of an idea there. No, nothing in Space Jam is good. None of these ideas are good. Yeah. Why are, why are cartoon characters playing basketball? It's just fucking stupid. It was like, oh, let's have let's have Bugs Bunny, Tasmanian Devil, play basketball, shoot some hoops. Mm. Porky the Pig shoots hoop. Why? All I can all I can think about at this point is like all the bad licensed products that Looney Tunes are involved in. Like it, it's it seems like like when I go to flea markets, all I see is like really bad licensed Looney Tunes stuff like bad tattoos and like dumb stickers on cars and like jerseys like ugh. it's it the, I, I like I find Looney Tunes to be synonymous with white trash at this point and I'm not sure what why that is but that's just makes what sense. I associate with it at this point makes sense I mean that killed Joe Pitka's career Space Jam Space Jam Fucking killed it I mean you look at the guy the you know he made one movie, Let It Ride, with Richard Dreyfuss, and then made Space Jam, and then that was it. <laughs> like, that kind of makes sense. Joe Pitka needed some money. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'll sign up for the Space Jam stuff. This is a stupid idea, but let's do it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't to believe get paid. <laughs> well, I can't believe they're giving me money for this. I get to work with Jordan? What? Bill Murray? But, yeah, but for Justin, Lin- like, that just doesn't, maybe that's like on his bucket list or something. I don't know. Oh, maybe he's a big fan of the original. Who knows? Maybe. Lifelong dream to direct Space Jam 2. <laughs> His whole office is just nothing but Space Jam memorabilia. I wonder if they'll get R. Kelly to be involved in the soundtrack. Oh, God, I hope so. It'll make it even better. All right, moving on. Adam McKay is going to be directing in the adaptation, the film adaptation of Irredeemable, which was a uh, comic book series. I believe it was written by Mark Wade. I I was a big fan of this comic book series. It's a lesser known series published by Boom Boom Studios. Yeah. Um basically the the comic book is about a Superman like uh, being who he just gets he gets so stressed out with the the task of keeping the world safe that he cracks and goes insane and just starts killing everybody. Oh boy. Makes sense, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's that's a, it's a, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a really really great series. Very adult. It's very dark, but it has this kind of really. It has this kind of black streak of comedy throughout, where it's 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 evil and it's and it's everything seems wrong, but it's it's also very funny in in a lot of ways. So I think Adam McKay directing this could be could be a good choice. You know, he did write Ant-Man, and he'll be working on Ant-Man 2 as a writer, I believe. So he's no stranger to the, the superhero genre. This will be his, the first one that he's directing. And I think it's, it's definitely going to be a very different type of superhero movie. So no other, no other news about it other than he's attached to direct it. We'll have to stay tuned and see how this formulates. 
Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for tidbits on this one because I think it could be interesting. Uh, David Robert Mitchell is uh, his next movie is going to be a, a, a film noir with Andrew Garfield called Under the Silver Lake. This is yeah. uh, the director of It Follows doing a modern, yeah. modern noir set in Los Angeles. That could be cool. Definitely. I am absolutely on board with this. There's no other plot details as of yet. And all we know is that Andrew Garfield is going to be starring in it. But yes. I don't need to know anymore. Just sign me up. I will be checking this out. Definitely. I was a big fan of It Follows. And uh, to a lesser extent, I was a fan of The Myth of the American Sleepover. So I like that he's playing in different genres. Like he's not sticking to one thing. Jumping around. Yeah. I like the idea of it. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hooper's next movie has been announced. And it's going to be an adaptation of Cats. Oh, my God. Cats. The Andrew Lloyd Webber classic musical is finally going to have a big screen adaptation. Oh, my God. Cats. What do you think about that? Cats. Why? (laughs) (laughs) The new section of our podcast is torture. Mm. (laughs) I hate it so much. Because I don't know any, like, the majority of this stuff I don't know until you tell me. (laughs) <laughs> you just, just dropping bombs day. on you over and over again, just <laughs> repeatedly knocking you down. You just make me hate film. It's just like I hate movies right now. They're the worst. They need to be stopped. Movies, <laughs> movies need to be stopped. We gotta shut this business down. Uh, this is awful. Yeah, I, I, I have no, no desire to further investigate this this news story i i do not care at all i don't like musicals i don't like cats i don't like tom hooper so yeah this one's not doing it for me no this is terrible this is a terrible terrible idea i remember when i was really little cats was a were, huge thing you were super into cats Did you no no like i wasn't i hated it like i hated it I, I don't know i think it was like um they showed it on tv or something there was like a tv special and they showed cats and I just, as a young kid, I was like, I do not get this. I don't understand what, where, these are all people dressed as cats and they're running around. And I just don't understand. I don't get it. And to this day, I'm like, eh. The only thing I like about cats is the, uh, like the playbill artwork where it's just the eyes. Mm. That's the only thing I like about it. <laughs> the great work on that playbill artwork. Yeah. Everything else. Oh, good. It's good stuff. Uh, Netflix announces a Dear White People TV series. Oh, that could be cool. Yeah, I think that 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 film definitely lends itself to yeah a, a more short form you know, kind of TV. Yeah, episodes definitely because you could yeah you got a lots lot of, of different yeah lots of characters, lots of situations. So uh, Justin Simeon will be involved. I. I was a little, I don't know if he's going to be directing all of the episodes or some of them, or he's just, I mean, usually the way that it works with TV shows like this is like, they'll direct the first couple, but, but I don't know with Netflix, it's a little different. Like David Wayne directed all of the Wet Hot American Summer episodes. So I don't know how it's going to play out, but he will be create, he's going to be creating the show in some capacity. So uh, what what we don't know yet is if the cast from the movie is going to be in the show or if it's going to be a completely different thing. 
okay. As of now, what we know is that it's going to take place in the same school. So it's going to take place in that uh, Ivy League school, and it's going to focus on a group of African-American students in that Ivy League school. Whether or not it's the original cast, I don't know. It might be different actors playing different characters. I doubt that they would have different actors playing the same characters from the movie, because that... I don't. They might just. They might just start. Some, yeah, it might be a whole new group. Be like, dear white people, freshman class. Yeah, yeah. It might be like. Uh, yeah, it might be. It might take place like four years after the original one or something, and it'll just be a whole new class of students. Which yeah, that that could be fine. I'm sure that'll be fine. Because I think it would be interesting to see how the events of the film shaped the future and how you know, the new class coming in perceives the school and everything. So it might be a cool idea. It's almost like a sequel. Yeah. But I don't know. That's that's all speculation at this point. Uh, Radiohead's new album. Hey, that came out. Uh, now, you're a big Radiohead fan. I am, yeah. What, uh, have, you, have you heard the album? <laughs> no, I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I haven't heard it. I heard like two tracks. Um, the I did, yeah, that's the 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 ones that they came out with videos for were the only ones that I heard. Okay, and the reason that I'm mentioning is because Paul Thomas Anderson directed one of the videos for Daydreaming. Uh, did so you watch? Did you watch the video or did you just hear the? Song? I did watch the video. The video was pretty cool. I didn't. I mean, it didn't, it didn't wow yeah, me. Yeah, that was I, the thing. I like, mean, I, I thought it was the only the only way that uh it, it even like it didn't really look like a. Paul Thomas Anderson thing. I mean, I wouldn't have known it was him unless you, unless I knew ahead of time yeah. going into it that it, that he directed it. It wasn't anything spectacular, but I mean, it was good. It just wasn't like, oh whoa, whoa. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Did he get a chance to? You know how they did. P.T. Anderson sent out the the actual film of it to certain theaters. Yeah, I heard about that. So like some of the Alamo draft houses and there's a couple of theaters here in the city that actually screened it on 35 millimeter. Which that had to be pretty cool. Yeah, that was, that's definitely cool. I think that would, that needs to be done more often. Or I guess at least the next time I go to a film festival, I should check out the music video section. There's, there's usually not that many. Yeah. I'm just thinking if I go to like South by Southwest, this guy. Yeah. So I think it would be fun to see some music videos in a theater. Oh yeah. I, I keep meaning to post more music videos on the site because I want, there, there's so many, like I go on Vimeo usually every other week or so and just kind of go through the music videos and there's so many good music videos these days. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like these videos, the people that are directing these music videos, we're going to see them be making movies in a couple years. I mean, this is like, it's just definitely a stepping stone for a lot of people. And I think that it's, you know, important to have some of these music video directors on our radar. Well, it's just like a, it's like a playground. Yeah, just you can do whatever you want. And these these videos, a lot of these music videos look so good. Oh, they're incredible. Yeah, nothing, nothing like getting stuck in the old music video cave. Oh yeah, I I set aside time to do it. <laughs> like three and a half hours later, you finally log off. Like wow, I just watched like 120 music videos. Yeah, I I set aside time to to do it because I know I know what happens. So <laughs> I have a time block, allotment. You block out your schedule. I do. Saturday morning wakes up at eight o'clock, brews himself a pot of coffee. It, it's it's like, all it, it's always time. it is it's always in the mornings. 
Like on the weekend, in the mornings, when I'm like cleaning up around the house, getting laundry together, that type of thing, I'll I'll, I'll do that. Have a cup of coffee, or just relax and wake up to music videos. Do it. Uh, some of the probably the biggest, one of the biggest pieces of news that came out this week is that the in the upcoming Han Solo movie has cast its Han Solo with Alden Ehrenreich. Oh yeah, from uh, Hail Caesar. He's going to be young Han Solo. I think it's a good choice. I think uh, I think he'll be a good choice for young Han Solo. I'm sure it'll work. This is going to be for the Phil Lord and Chris Miller Star Wars movie that's coming out. I think 2018. That one's coming out. It's like May, out. May of May of 2018. Mm. So. Oh yeah, I mean with with yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars. A lot of Star Wars on the horizon. Trailers this week. Only a couple to mention. Men Go to Battle. It's definitely my favorite trailer of the week. I don't know if you saw Please. this. Please. I want it. And did, you want see, it. did you see the trailer? How they did the trailer? No. Uh-uh. So they shoot it in reverse. Like, the, the trailer's in reverse. Okay. So all the footage is in reverse for the, for the beginning of the trailer. And it looks awesome. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this movie. I am so excited. And the trailer got me... Way pumped. Way pumped Super to see it. Pumped. Yeah. Oh, boy. Really excited. I didn't know it was kind of a comedy. The trailer's really funny. Oh, but now that I know it's a comedy, I'm, I'm even more into it. A Civil War comedy. But it looks like a really dry Civil War comedy. So, yes, please. Thank you. Yes, I'll take it. Can I have it now? Like, can I get it right now? I don't know. Give it to me now. We have some contacts. We might be able to make this happen. I don't know. Give it to me. Uh, Please. The, Sh- the Shallows also got a trailer. Not too into this. This is the no, one with Blake Lively. Uh, the shark one. Shark, shark attack. Gotta get there, sharks. Gotta ride that shark train. All the way to the bank. It's been a while since we've had a shark movie. I think the last shark it, movie I saw was the one, I think it was it, an Australian no one. one, where it was the like the tsunami hits this little town and sharks gets stuck in a supermarket. It was a cool premise. It's a cool little movie. <laughs> oh, God. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So, The Shallows. The, I mean, I feel like this new trailer, because the first trailer was just a little, like, just a little snippet, more of a teaser, and the second one gives a lot away. I, I feel like it gives too much away. Because the beginning, she's stuck on a rock, and she's like, I gotta make it to that buoy, and she's like timing it and stuff. And then they show her on the buoy later on in the trailer, so it's like, okay, well, we know she makes it to that. Yeah. Does she lose a leg, maybe, though? I don't think maybe. so. She gets bit. She, they show her getting bit at the beginning. I hope so. You know what? I hope she gets eaten in the first 10 minutes. Wow. That's terrible. Hey, stay out of their home. She's just surfing. She's just trying to surf. Yeah. She's just trying to be a surfer. You're in a shark's living room. Guess what? Shark's gonna eat you. It's your own stupid fault. The shark's like, nah, uh, uh, uh. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? There, there's like, a oh. very clear, clearly stated stand, stand your ground law in the ocean. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's within it's their like right. A, I mean, you don't see me like I'm gonna practice my hacky sack and in this lion's den. No. Stay the fuck away from them. Guess what? They won't bite you. It's not like sharks are coming into your living room biting you. If that happened, then I would be like, damn, we got to do something about these sharks. These sharks are being dickheads. <laughs> yeah, like this shit is out of control. Got to put these sharks in their place. 
But if you're in their house, guess what? They're in free and clear. Sorry. All right. Fair enough. They can do. They can do whatever they want. Fair enough. Let's go ahead and talk about our movie this week, The Family Fang. Oh, that's a nice segue. Fang. Yeah. Get that. Man. I don't. I don't. I don't know if sharks really have fangs. Well, more like they just have teeth. But well, and you could consider them fangs, I guess. Why not? I I guess. Now you made it. Now you made it. I know. I ruined it. This is directed by Jason Bateman. I have a synopsis here. A brother and sister return to their family home in search of their world-famous parents who have disappeared. This stars Jason Bateman, Nicole Kidman, Christopher Walken, Catherine Hahn, uh, Kevin. Hmm. We'll start out with you. What did you think <clears throat> of... First of all, have you, did you see... Because this is Jason Bateman's second film. Have you seen his first film, Bad Words? No, I did not. Okay. What did you think did of not. The Family Fang? Um, I think in terms of, like, directing, you know, Bateman's, Bateman's skills as a director, I mean, it's, it's serviceable. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything that really, like, stuck out of me that was like, oh, boy, this guy's a talent. Watch out. But there was nothing that was like, oh, shit, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's just, you know, that kind of in-between. But uh, the the film itself, it, I mean, it has its moments, and it, and honestly, going into it, I d- I didn't know what the hell this was about. I had no idea what this was going to be. Um, and I there were there's some interesting things going on here with the whole performance art angle and kind of the, you know how the narrative plays out towards the end there, and mm-hmm. it's like oh okay, this is going to be interesting the way they kind of explore this. But I it just it didn't feel like they really went that deep yeah. and everything gets really implausible at the end yeah. and you kind of you already kind of know too because you get to know their parents so well that you pretty much know how it's going to play out and then you think okay so it's, we i already know how this is going to play out i know once we get to the destination i just i hope that there's some sort of deep exploration into you know why did they do this and all that kind of thing and there just really wasn't. It was just that one scene of them just like just bleh, just letting it all out there, and then it's just like movie over. It's like what? Yeah. Like what? Would we build up to that? Yeah, I think it definitely fizzled out at the end. Uh, I thought that it, it started off interesting enough because it was almost like a mystery. It it almost sets it up as a mystery where you know the you have Jason Bateman and Nicole Kidman who are brother and sister. Uh, Christopher Walken and uh, who's who plays the mom? Uh, uh Marianne Plunkett. I like how she's like a, she's way down at the bottom. What the fuck? She's listed like number fifteen. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you have Christopher Walken and Marianne Plunkett who play the the parents, and they go missing. But the thing is, they are known for doing these kind of performance art pieces throughout their lives. And Nicole Kidman believes that this is another art piece that they're doing because the police find their car covered in blood, abandoned at a rest stop. And apparently there's a uh, serial killer that's been uh, killing people at rest stops. Jason Bateman thinks, well, maybe they are, maybe they, something did happen to them. We need to kind of look look at that reality and consider that as a possibility but Nicole Kidman sort of refuses to accept that and it's it creates kind of this interesting dynamic because you start exploring 
their upbringing. You see a lot of flashbacks, and you kind of you, you kind of learn how this dysfunctional family kind of came to be, sort of like um, and, and the effects of having of growing up like that had on them as adults, and kind of their insecurities and things like that. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting concept. It was definitely yeah, uh, oh yeah. Definitely a fun take on the kind of traditional dysfunctional family dramatic comedy. Um, but like you said, there is sort of a, a coincidental thing that happens near the end, near the finale, that, that really f- seems so unlikely that it would happen. And it was the thing that tied it all together. And I was just at that point, I was like, come on. Like you couldn't have figured out a better way for them to come to that that uh, yeah. that climax than that. Yes, I mean, yeah. And exactly. it was just a bummer when that happened because I was like, oh man, it really it really f- made things kind of fizzle out for me at that point. But yes, you're you're 100 percent correct. Yeah, because as soon as that happens, as soon as that moment happens, you're just like, oh shit. But now we just kind of went on autopilot, and sure enough, it just autopilot rest of the movie yeah and and it's like everything's falling right into place and it's a shame too because i really liked these characters like i i liked nicole kidman and her she 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 grew up to become a a famous actress but she's still sort of looking for her parents approval and when she finds out that her father really never liked any of the roles that she's in she's kind of at this like crossroads in her career too and then Jason Bateman is an accomplished author, but you know he he also finds out that Christopher Walken, his dad, didn't really like any of his books, so he's kind of you know, and he's trying to finish his novel and it's or his next novel, and it's not really formulating. And th- this whole thing starts because he's I don't even know what he's doing out with these guys, like how. Just hanging out. He's hanging shooting. out with these dudes shooting a potato shooting potato guns. He gets shot in the head with a potato and ends up having to go home because he can't fly. And that's and then Nicole Kidman comes to take care of him, which I thought was kind of a funny uh premise to get to get things started here. But I did like I just I liked the whole family dynamic and I liked the 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 fact that you see you see these performance pieces when they're young, you, you see a lot of flashbacks of these various things that kind of fucked them up, oh, you yeah. know. And to to see the ramifications of that for them as adults, I thought was interesting, and the struggles that they were having because of that. But also the dynamic between you know them and their and their parents, because in the well, when you say yeah, that's the most interesting aspect because it starts off as. You know, you get like the flashbacks that started off, right? Of them like doing their piece, and it's yeah, and they see. Oh my god, these this it's just a crazy family. They're just exactly. It seemed like they were such a good family. Like the the like it seemed like their parents really cared for them and loved them and just wanted to have a fun time and and kind of raise them in a different way than than most kids get raised and and expose them to these you know these different things and have them understand art at a young age. But we, we learn that that's not necessarily what it was like the way it, ha- the way it played out because, yeah, because it, cause, it's- cause at first you're like, what, what happened here? Like, why do they have such, why do they hold such resentment for their, their parents and, 
why do they like seem to dislike them so much when all that we've seen up until that point was them being seemingly great parents? Yeah. And then especially, you know, it starts to like, it's slowly the Christopher Walken character, the father, you know, you slowly start to more and more learn that this guy is, you, you know, just slowly over time, you're like, this guy's an asshole. Yeah. You, you learn that he's what? just a terrible, not only is he a terrible father, but he's a terrible husband too. And you, you learn that as the he's film just, progresses. Yeah. It's just like, he's a terrible everything. And you're like, damn, this guy's like, he's abusive in a way that I haven't, you know, I've never really seen before. Like, this is a different kind of abuse. I mean, it's still kind of, it's a familiar type of abuse, but it's just done in a different way. But again, they they don't, and I thought that that was the angle that we're going to take here because it starts to show more and more of his character being, you know, controlling and manipulative and just, you know, verbally abusive and that type of thing. And it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is the angle we're taking. We're gonna. This is what we're working on, but then it just it just stops with that. We're just done. Yeah, yeah. Which was really confusing, especially at the like the very end. Really, really confusing. It's just like, wait, what? Like this guy's a complete asshole. Yeah. Well, no one's gonna say anything else. I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think that in that finale, Nicole Kidman, she kind of says what she needs to say and they just they leave it at that and that's the end of it i I think that she she did the right thing in a a sense like she was uh i can't say it i'm I'm getting too close to to spoiler type things for the ending but i i just i definitely agree with you that i think that there could have been a stronger resolution to everything that was happening i mean you don't even need the resolution just maybe just like let's dig a little bit deeper in here because it, it does seem like they bring up some good stuff that you think okay this is this is the path that we're going to travel down this is what we're going to explore here but then they don't and it just kind of takes the easy way out of just like oh let's just stay surface level narrative here let's just keep riding it out until the end we'll just do it the easy way i would have going back to the whole mystery angle i would have liked to have them piece it together and a, a, like a more organic way where like more of a digging into the past and trying to put the pieces together. And I, I think they could have done it in a more clever way than what they did. That was a little disappointing to me. Uh, it's also very just, there was no rhythm to that, right? Like yeah. they're, they're kind of like working on it and it just kind of like, it just goes on and on and on. And you're almost thinking like, we don't have much movie left. Like what is, what are we doing? And then all of a sudden it's just like, Hey, we figured it out. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. What <laughs> happens very abruptly. Yeah. Uh, it, it, to me, it had kind of a Royal Tenenbaums vibe to it. A little bit. I mean, I, it's one of those things that I could definitely see. I could definitely envision this as an, as a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. No doubt. It, it, no it, doubt. If you see the trailer, the trailer has even more of a, a Wes Anderson vibe. Uh, the, the beginning, the beginning of this film definitely feels like a, like a Wes Anderson homage, but I, I, I was okay with that. I mean, the poster, too, definitely looks like kind of a Wes Anderson vibe. I was okay with that because it didn't feel egregious. It didn't feel like it was completely ripping, ripping off his no, style. No, not at all. I, I think that Jason Bateman doesn't have 
a specific visual style necessarily, but it it seems like that he does like to play with uh very very conflicted characters in in bad words the character that he plays is a pretty bad person like he's just not a very likable person and i think that he likes to explore that in people and make yeah make his comedies definitely on the darker side of things yeah i just wish i mean the main thing it's difficult with jason baby because family fang is it's nice in the sense that you get Jason Bateman being Jason Bateman, which is yeah. in its own way kind of it's like a comfort thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, mm-hmm. Yes, I, I love that. You know, if you're into classic Bateman, you're like, yes, classic Bateman. All right, this is here we go. But there, you know, it is kind of like, oh my god, you're just playing the same character again. <laughs> like, let's branch out. Let's do something else. That was one of the that was one of the interesting things about Bad Words is that. I think he wanted to go against the grain with that film, and that's why his character was just so deplorable in a way. But even even as somebody who was not a very nice or caring person, I was say, he probably still plays it with the same Bateman beats. Yeah, too. yep, yeah. You still you still had that there, and it was like even though he was not a likable person, you still kind of liked him because he's Jason Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly. I think that's that's the whole thing. Like he just he just needs to embrace it because he is Jason Bateman, and that's just no matter what, no matter what role he has, you're probably gonna like him in it. Yeah, that's I mean that's unfortunate for some some actors because I'm that way with like like Gene Wilder. Like he can be in a serious movie, and I still think he's hilarious. Yeah, because Gene Wilder, even when he's saying serious stuff, I think it's funny. Yeah, because it's just the delivery for some reason. Bateman's got the same thing going on. He can't break out. That Bateman is in deep. It's not coming out, man. I think that this is this is a good step for him, though, as far as directing goes. I I, I want him to continue directing interesting projects. I want him to to continue working on this stuff. And it looks like this is based on a on a novel by, yeah, by yeah. Kevin Wilson. And I, I want him to continue doing this type of thing. I, I gotta say, I was a little trepidatious going in because I'm like, okay, it's Bateman directing. I saw the poster. I know it's based off of a book. And I just, I was like, oh, I was just expecting this to be, you know. Generic? Yeah. I thought just I re- thought it was going to be really, really generic. That's what I thought. But I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I mean, it didn't wow my socks off or anything, but it was enough that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was it was light and entertaining, and I, I enjoyed myself pretty pretty much through the throughout the whole thing. I mean, obviously, I have some criticisms with it, but overall, I, I had a good time with it. I think they he, you know they just played it a little bit too safe. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think they. I I do think that they could have gone deeper with with these characters too, all of them really, because they touch on things. You know, they they. They give you a little bit of backstory with Nicole Kidman, Jason Bateman, and then the mom too. Like they 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 uh, hint yeah. at things with the mom that you want to you want to go into that more. You want to explore more exactly. of the kind of effect that he had on her and the the kind of um you know re- repressed uh, artistic qualities that she has. Yeah, because her paintings are fucking awesome. Yeah, I want that movie. I want, I want the movie about her painting. <laughs> That's what I want. 
Yeah, I just yeah, exactly because they they bring up these two these two things: her with her painting and that kind of being suppressed and everything, and then the you know Christopher Walken side of it, the father being controlling and manipulative, and then what you find out like what he actually thinks about his children and using his children in his art is just like holy shit, we opened up a whole yeah because yeah because that I mean that raises the question of. You know, does he really even care about these kids? Is he exploiting them? Is he exploiting his own children for his art? And it's like, was is he the talent behind this, or is it really the kids? And he's kind of just riding off the coattails of the kids because the whole point of his art is to—it's not the piece itself, but it's the people that are viewing it and capturing the 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 reactions of the people that are witnessing these various things that they're doing. And it's like, you know that all of these reactions that he's capturing are because of the kids, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, it, it really makes you wonder what's going on with that. And I think it is, that is an interesting concept to, to delve into. I just, and they, they do touch on it. I mean, they talk about it. They directly talk about it in the movie. But I, I think that they, it, it lend itself to, to more, to more, a, oh, a yeah. deeper. Because, and then again, it's not brought up until. Yeah, I don't know the exact time, but it, to me, it felt like there's only like 15 or 20 minutes left in the movie. You know, we spent all this time, we finally get to, you know, a worthwhile destination that it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is worth exploring. Let's get into it. Oh, shit, we only have 15 minutes left. Oh, the movie's over. Yeah, I mean, they, they, get, they get almost all of it out in one interaction at the end, towards the end. Yeah, and it's just like, that should have been your movie. <laughs> like, everything else was just, you know, laying groundwork that really didn't need to be laid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, fun thoughts on Fam Fang? It's all right. Don't have Fam Fang. <laughs> I have the problem I have is um, AB Terror, the guy from Animal Collective, has a song called Little Fang. Mm-hmm. And the chorus to that song is stuck in my head now, but instead of Little Fang, I sing Family Fang. Oh, nice. So that's been happening for the last two days. So that's cool. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's cool. All right. Yeah. What are you going to give Family Fang out of 10? I have 10. I give it like a five and a half, six. Okay. I'm going to give this a six. Uh, this is available on video on demand right now, so you can check it out. And I would, I would give it a light recommend. I'd say it's, uh, it's a decent watch. That's it's pretty much yeah. how I felt about bad words, too, actually. Uh, as far as the comedy, the level of comedy, which uh, I wanted to talk about but forgot, uh, not that funny. It's It's got its moments, but it's not, uh, I, I can't remember any kind of like laugh out loud moments. No, the, uh, and it definitely doesn't seem like it's it's going no, for that No, 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 it's it's not going for like a goof goofball, you know, la- high laughs per minute, you know, level. It's much, it's a much drier approach. Um, the, I, the the one thing that did make me laugh was uh was was Christopher Walken reciting the tampon commercial in the car that that made me laugh him going absorb the good things in life and leave the rest to us <laughs> I just thought that was so funny then when he calls out his mentor and he calls him a fat fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did like the oh when he, I like when he when they were doing the uh the fake coupon thing <laughs> he finally goes up oh yeah and he loses it the, and i just i love the way that he was calling the people fools 
Yeah. It's like you're a fool. Pretty much anything Christopher Walken yeah, says. Yeah, he's he's fun. great in this. He's great. He's he's another guy that has a curse. Yeah, he does. <laughs> this is a good role for him though. I I feel like Christopher Walken within the last few years he's he's really been hit or miss with the type of roles that he's had. And I, but I feel man, like this, when, he, when he's on though, yeah. he is on. Yeah, I think that this was a this was a good role for him to really get into. And I like the scene when he shoots well. It wasn't him, but the scene when his character shoots the guy with the crossbow. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Crossbows popping up in every, all these movies. Yeah, yeah. Even when you're least expecting it. Boom, crossbow. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's The Family Fang, available now. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about something we're watching. I'll start it off because I saw a big one this week. Uh-oh. Captain America Civil War. Oh, God. Directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. Oh boy. Uh, so I'll say this: even if you're not, even if you're done with the whole superhero genre, if you're, I feel if, like you're talking directly to if me. If you're feeling, if you're feeling tired of it, you owe it to yourself to check this one out because, in my opinion, this is the best Marvel Studios movie as of yet. I mean, it is, it is on point. It is. I loved it. I loved this movie. Oh yeah. Yep, uh, it encapsulates everything that I could want in a movie like this. It puts it's it's funny because the the theme, like the 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 core theme of this, is very very similar to Batman v Superman, and it's just funny that they come out you know in the same year, so close to each other, and yet and, and they both have similar themes, and yet uh, the the movies themselves are so wildly different. Whereas this movie, Captain America, does everything right. And Batman v Superman does everything wrong. It was like this is how you do it, guys. Like I, I hope Warner Brothers is taking notes because this is how you do it, not the other way. It's a lot lighter. It's funnier. There's like more quips. It's brighter. You can see what's going on. The action scenes are actually fun, and you can tell who's fighting who. There's no crazy shaky cam, and it's all done at nighttime, and it's so dark and brooding and serious. Like, this is a comic book movie, and I pretty much loved every minute of it. Now, one thing to note going into it, f- for you specifically, it's long. It's, it's Marvel's longest movie yet. It's like, it's 146 minutes, so it's, it's an investment, but the, the action sequences are unparalleled. Like, there's nothing. The, these are the best action sequences in any of the superhero movies. They're so much fun. Uh, and they did a fantastic job of giving each of these characters adequate screen time. I mean, this is a Captain America movie, and you know that it's a Captain America movie from the beginning. This isn't an Avengers movie, so the focus is more on Captain America, but they give adequate screen, t- screen time to even the, the characters like Vision, who we, you know, we haven't seen a lot of him, and the new characters as well with Black Panther. Who's awesome, by the way, Chadwick Boseman, uh, and then Spider-Man too. They Spider-Man is now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe on loan from Sony, and the new Spider-Man is awesome, and I cannot wait for the the oh, new yeah? Spider-Man movie, which is something I thought I would never say again. <laughs> really? Yeah, the new Spider-Man because he's young; he's like fourteen years old, and he's just. 
it is it's exactly what you want with Spider-Man, where he's not really taking anything seriously. He's just talking nonstop as the fighting's going on. And people are like telling him to shut up and stuff, and it's just just pure fun. And I think that the the new Spider-Man, um, Tom Holland, I think that it's gonna be a, a revitalization of that property. And guess what? No origin. No origin story. They did not mess around with that either. Nice. Didn't bother. Good. Uh, but Civil War, absolutely worth checking out. I wrote a review on the site. Gave it a 9 out of 10. Oh, boy. The only issues I had with it were uh, the villain, who was played by um, uh, Daniel Brühl. He was, he was kind of a weak villain. His motivations were... They, they were clear, but they, they weren't really clear tor- till towards the end during a scene where he basically just spells everything out. Uh, but the thing about it is, you don't, in a movie like Civil War, you don't really go into it seeing a big clash with a villain. You go to it to see the clash between the heroes. And that's where this movie succeeds, is the fact that, you know, you have good guys fighting good guys and two very distinct teams that are fighting with each other. And how that dynamic plays out. So, you know, in that sense, I didn't mind so much that the villain was on the underdeveloped side. Yeah. Uh, and the, the end of the film was a little lackluster for me because it didn't really feel like an end. It felt like the start of something, just the, the next scene, which I've complained about that before in movies, like these big, you know, tentpole movies, uh, that you, there is no end. It never ends. And I, I wish just once that there would be some sort of conclusion to these, these things. Never, never going to happen. Yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot of resolution that happens. Like, like, everything just feels unresolved, which that's fine, too, because I know I'll see whatever the next one is anyway. But Civil War, it is absolutely worth seeing in the theater because it is, it is just a blast. I, I had a great time with it, and I... I, it was one of the few that, as soon as I left the theater, I was like, I, I want to go back. I just want to turn around and go back in there and sit down and watch it again. Because... Ooh, that, that doesn't happen often. It doesn't. But those action scenes, oh my god. And, like, the, the level of comedy in it is just, it makes it so much fun. Like, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, he's, like, doing his thing and just bouncing quips off of everybody. And it's just, it's just a great time. So, yeah, I can't recommend Civil War highly enough. Even as a big superhero blockbuster movie, I know that a lot of people that listen to this show are just like, they immediately shrug it off and poo-poo it because it's not, you know, some deep introspective, you know, rumination on the human soul. Yeah, but they they kind of go into it a little bit with this movie, don't they? Like the whole setup of it, like... Well, yeah, and I mean... that goes back to what I said with it being similar to Batman v Superman. The whole the whole setup of it is, you know, oh, okay, yeah. the world has these superpowered individuals now, and what are we going to do? They're causing mass destruction everywhere they go, and people are dying because of this. And it's like the government steps in and says, like, you look, we got to get this in check. We got to get these people in check. And Tony Stark basically says, you know what, you're right. We, we do need to get this, these people in check. So basically the Avengers are now going to be government employees. And mm. Captain America and his side are like, no, 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 I don't trust them. I don't think that they're going to do the right thing. We need to be the ones making the decision on 
where to go, who to save, when to act, because, you know, they might have us want to do something for political gain and we can't, we just can't trust them to do that. And that's what causes the infighting within the group. And a similar thing happened with Batman v Superman, where the government was saying that Superman needs to be in check. And he was like, nah, uh And Batman was like, yeah, huh? I just wish that that was the scene too. Like the <laughs> way, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. that'd be great. Yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah, you should, you should be writing these films. In summation, Batman v Superman sucks. Captain Ooh. America: Civil War is awesome. See, now I want to watch both of them just to see if you're correct. I am correct. And I'll, and, and Trust I'll come me. back. I'll wait, I'll wait for these. I'll sit patiently downstairs in in my in my basement twiddling my thumbs until these come out on DVD. There's a pretty quick turnaround time in these, so, you know, the, the, only, the only thing is that they'll both be in theaters for quite a while, yeah. but as soon as they leave theaters, they'll be, they'll be out in, on digital. Well, as soon as they come out, I'm going to pop them in, watch them on my 32-inch TV. There you go. Uh, and then I'll get back to you yeah. and let you know. Civil War is great, though. I would say... You, Do I have to watch the second yeah, one? Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You, you probably want to watch the second one. Uh, you don't. Yeah. You don't need to really worry about. I mean, although it is a Captain America movie, there are a shitload of characters in this, and things that happen in Avengers Two are, carry over into this. Like, uh, like the introduction of Vision, for instance. Like, Vision was a character that they introduced in uh, Avengers Two, and he's really funny in this. He he was in this a lot more than he was in Avengers Two, and they really they kind of developed that character a little bit more. He's really funny. Like, like everybody was really funny in this, and that's that's one thing I appreciated so much is that I was like legitimately laughing out loud at a lot of the stuff that was going on. It was just it was a good time, and it was exactly what I wanted in a comic book movie. Um, but yeah, I would say sh- check out Captain America Two, which is it's a gr- that's a great movie too. So I don't I don't think you're gonna hate your time with that movie. Okay. Looks like I got some Captain Americas to watch. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I watched um, Lady Snowblood from 1973. Some Lady Snowblood. I just saw this uh, when it came out on Criterion a couple months ago. And my, my, well, my interest has already peaked back before then. But then after hearing what you had to say about it, I was like, okay, I got to move this up on the the old priority list. And uh, I'm glad I did because I... I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this so much. It is, it's pretty over the top. Um, and what what I mean by that is, every single time someone is cut with a sword, guys, their so- entire yeah, their entire body is made of like femoral arteries. Yeah, okay? like just and not they they're not deep. They're just they're right under the skin. It, it's just like a like a whole layer of femoral arteries just a millimeter underneath the skin and as soon as a blade touches it blood geyser everywhere doesn't matter doesn't it's shoulder geyser chest geyser leg geyser geysers everywhere it's just always geysers and i don't know why but i loved it i don't know if that makes me a bad person but at at a certain point like the first time it happened i was just like oh shit okay then the second time you know Slowly over time, you know, the more that I saw it happening, it, it got into like giggle fest. I was just like, "Oh, guys, there's this is awesome!" And uh, so the the only problem is is like the action's kind of 
It's kind of on the low end, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, it is. I was I was expecting more, and especially the way this, this thing starts out with the whole. You know, she's just walking, walking down, and you got the snow coming. You got Lady Snowblood, so you're thinking, oh, this is this is going to take place in the snow. Love samurai movies in the snow. It's amazing. It's the best. That whole, you know, the way that the 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 first encounter unfolds, and you're just thinking, okay, this this is what it's going to be the rest of the way, and I am in. I'm settled in. I cannot wait to see the rest of it. But then after a while, I gotta say, like through the middle, man, this sucker drags yeah. a good amount. I agree. It's just oh, just taking its good old time. But overall, I gotta say, pretty pretty damn enjoyable. Yeah. It's got its rough patches, but the the positives definitely outweigh the negatives and the the positives are sprinkled sprinkled out enough to, that you don't completely lose interest. Right. Yeah. It's so funny when you go back and watch some of these 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 original movies that were so heavily um influential to Tarantino because it makes you realize, like, oh my god, so many of his his movies just directly lift things. Oh yeah, it's it's just oh, yeah. it's crazy, and, and I, it's, I don't think that's a bad thing. But it's just it's I mean, interesting how he kinda, makes these kind of you know mashups. Kinda, you know, it definitely makes you think about it a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I felt this because at first you were thinking like, oh shit, I thought that was really awesome, but. He just like straight lifted. Yeah, that. yeah. Like he just <laughs> like what the fuck. And like he he does it with like characters too. Like he'll like when I saw was it Switchblade Sisters and just that movie and how influential that movie was and it's just I don't know. It's interesting. It's one way, but uh, I saw Unfriended from 2014. It's a horror movie. It's the one that uh, it all takes place in on Skype via Skype. Okay, I'm. I gotta say, I'm pretty interested in this one because I've heard really good things. You know, it was a lot better than I expected. I thought it was. It, this was one of these deals where I was just kind of browsing through uh, HBO Go, uh, just looking for something to put on, and I saw this and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I haven't seen this. I'll just put it on. Whatever." Uh, I gotta say, I was pretty impressed with how they put this together. I mean. It, it all looks legit, and I've said it a million times before, but that, that goes a long way for me when the accurate use of technology is in a movie. And in this, the way that they use Skype is pretty accurate, other than a few things here and there. And as the same goes for, like, you know, as, they're, as the movie's progressing, she's, like, doing Google searches and looking at things on Facebook and talking to people on Facebook and stuff like that. And it's all, it's all legit. I mean, it, it looks really good. I mean, I don't, I think, I think that they actually did use the programs at least for the most part. I mean, they, there's certain things obviously that they added cause there's a supernatural element. So there's certain things that happen. Like, like there's one scene where, uh, she gets an email and she uses Gmail for that and she tries to forward it. But like, the buttons are gone, like the forward buttons are gone. And then like at one point she gets a pop-up and she can't exit out. Like the red little red X to close it out is gone of the window. And it's just, it was just cool little things like that. that They incorporated. Uh, I did have a number of issues with it. Uh, The people weren't that likable. I mean, these, these are your typical teenage 
douchebag assholes. The only person that I that I kind of liked was the the guy that was um uh, I think his name's Jacob Wasaki. The guy who plays Terry. Terry was in it. Terry. Terry Bear was in it. Uh, unfortunately, here's a mild spoiler. He gets killed pretty early on. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and the 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 deaths are. That's another thing that bothered me is because they they overuse the whole digital degradation and distortion in this where yeah. oh like right when somebody gets killed the feed cuts you know it's like oh somebody's dying out and then it was like it'll cut to black and it'll come back for a second and you can see something happening to them and then it'll cut off again and it'll come back and that that kind of bothered me because they did it with every single character yeah. uh they, they did it way too much where it was like distorted and the video was messed up like this girl must have the worst internet connection ever because her her stuff's all messed up, but but maybe when you're getting killed, it affects your internet. Oh, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's entirely possible that the 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 ghost did that on purpose to mess with them. Because the whole the whole premise of the movie is this this ghost, the spirit of this girl who killed herself, messing with these kids, basically just screwing with them until she decides to kill them. Uh, but yeah, overall, I was kind of. Sp- surprised with this one it's certainly not without its flaws but it is an interesting way to present a horror film and it's also kind of an interesting take on the whole cyberbullying thing that's you know an ongoing problem with youth today yeah so it's you know it's a, it's a cautionary tale as well that's actually done pretty well i mean i've seen a couple other movies that deal like hashtag horror was one that came out recently that deals with the same kind of cyberbullying thing and that did not do it very well uh same thing with uh, a horror movie called some kind of hate that came out a few months ago dealt with with um not specifically cyberbullying but just bullying in general and i thought that they handled it very poorly as well this handles it in a good way i think um but it's just unfortunate that that they didn't didn't quite stick the landing with it Mm. but uh yeah you know if it's available on, I know it's available on HBO Go. If it's like up on Netflix or something, uh, probably worth checking out. It it does the whole all online thing way better than any of the other movies that I've seen. Which, granted, aren't many. There was like a short film that did it, and then there was uh, the Nacho Vigalondo movie, Open Windows, and that did it very poorly. This <clears throat> one does it in, in a way that is believable. And from what I understand, they actually shot the movie in real time with the actors and they were all in the same house and each person was in a different room in the house and then they all had their own computers yeah so it's a it's a cool movie unfriended i was already kind of leaning towards it but you just sent me over the edge (laughs) good work just just the horror tropes are there though like so just be prepared gotcha gotcha uh i watched room oh i have not seen this don't, it eluded me. Don't let let it keep eluding you okay. forever. I, I was planning on it, but <laughs> till infinity. Um. Wow. Uh. Room is first. Let's just throw it out there. Performances good. They're good. <laughs> I just looked at your score. Good. <laughs> They're good. Brie Larson's good. Jacob Tremblay mm. plays the kid. Good. Performances are good. Okay. I won't deny them that. And it's actually it's. It's almost more impressive 
performance-wise because of essentially what they're working with, um, what they're able to do. Uh, and it works on an emotional level. But honestly, the narrative, that's always going to work on an emotional level. Yeah, I don't I don't care who you are, like what director, what kind of talent you attach to this. It's going to work. Even if it's like a freaking Lifetime movie, it's going to work because it's a heartbreaking story to begin with. And I don't think, I mean, it takes like a special kind of talent to, to suck all the emotion out of that type of narrative. But I will say that Lenny Abraham, Abrahamson comes close because um, he just, it like, they don't do anything with this. They don't explore anything. It's just, I mean, it is surface level. And then even some of the, I mean, some of the dialogue is just awful. Um, what he chooses to do stylistically with um, some of the scenes, just they don't work at all. It's just, it's just awful. You know, there's a sequence where someone tries to, you know, there's an attempted suicide. So we go to, you know, just chaotic camera, which they have never really seen chaotic camera in the film at all up until this point. And then it's just like, okay, this is a really crazy time. Let's make the camera fucking all over the place. <laughs> and it's just like, fucking Christ, dude. Like, it's, you already got me. It's, it's an attempted suicide after a really, really difficult time. Like, you don't have to, to go the extra mile of making the camera extreme shaky cam to tell me that this is a crazy time right now in a, some person's life. Like, I know that, okay? And then there's other time where he employs, like, um, you know, slow motion at certain points that it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's sickening. It's gross. It's a gross movie. It's just gross. Mm. All right. Well, I honestly wasn't planning on visiting it at this point anyway. It's, I'm... And, I'm, and I'm here to tell you that you made the right decision and to keep making that decision. And you're making really good decisions, Adam. Just keep making them. Uh, uh, well, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, I saw special effects. This is from 1984. This is uh, directed by Larry Cohen. Yes. I've been trying to see this movie for a long time, and I could not find it like anywhere. And then just on a whim, I did a search on YouTube and found it on YouTube. Oh my! God, and I was like, yes, yes finally, special effects. Uh, so I, so this movie, it's kind of interesting. It's a sort of a De Palma esque thriller. It's about um, this movie director who his he he had a couple bombs. His his career is in shambles, and he ends up sleeping with this um, up and coming actress, and he kills her. He ends up killing her. But he he's like this super he's like this super creepo, and he films all of the women that he sleeps with. He has a a false mirror in his bedroom. So he ends up filming this murder and he gets inspired to create a movie about the murder. And he ends up casting the woman's husband to play the murderer in the movie. And then they, they recreate the events leading up to her death. All the while, he's working with the cops to try to solve the murder that he, that oh he perpetrated. Goodness. And it's just, it's just kind of a, a really interesting premise for a movie. I was, I was really into it. 
Uh, I don't understand the motivations of some of the characters, like why you would be in a movie about your wife's death and portraying the murderer in your wife's death. Like, I don't really get why he would do that. Uh Now, granted, the, the, um, the director guy kind of, he was kind of, um, blackmailing him because he got him out of prison because initially he the guy was arrested for murdering his wife but he got out uh the 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 director guy bailed him out and he's like well i'll send you right back to prison if you don't participate in this movie uh but just a really kind of weird interesting movie Hmm. uh it stars zoe lund who if you are familiar with the uh the film ms 45 uh she she was in that very kind of an interesting actress she's not a very good actress but i don't know she she died very young due to drugs um and then the the director's played by uh the guy from law and order can't remember his name anthony anderson yeah yep <laughs> no uh eric uh bogosian oh okay yeah yeah and you do see his balls in one scene so oh really yeah see his balls <laughs> i tell you then Kind of like went into a hushed tone. <laughs> uh, either way, I would definitely recommend checking out special effects because it is strange and interesting and it's directed by Larry Cohen. So that's all you need to yeah, know. Definitely need that. And it's available and you can watch it for free on YouTube. So check it out. Nice. Um, what do I got? What do I, oh, I watched that lemonade. Mm. Watch that the old, the old lemonade music video film thingy, whatever you want to. Whatever that is, hybrid, some sort of hybrid thing yeah, going on. I don't know what you would call that, actually. All I know is I call it awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking loved it. What a surprise, <laughs> right? I don't give a shit what it is. Uh, there was it was a little bit rough going at the beginning because I loved the way it started off, but I think once it trains, I think it's the second song. That, like you know, because it's it's all pretty serious during that first song. You know, the first little bit and then the music video song and then the in-between bit. Everything's kind of serious. And then all of a sudden you hear that DJ air horn mm-hmm. for the second song mm-hmm. that comes in. It's just like a really rough transition that I was like, oh, shit. Like, I hope this isn't like a thing that's going to happen often throughout the uh, throughout this lemonade viewing experience. But luckily it was just that one time. And then everything settled back into being absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, good lord. And, you know, like, me and you are really into rap, you know. And I'm sure we've heard our share of, like, diss tracks over the years. <laughs> like. I know where you're going with this. Rap music. Any rapper that's ever come out with a diss track, I, it, like, they don't, they don't even come close to what this is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, she fucking wrecks It's the him. whole album, too. The whole album. Oh, oh, my goodness. Like, honestly, if I'm Jay-Z, I don't know how the fuck you go out in public. Like, how do you go... How do you show up? How do you even smile anymore? I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't know if I could smile ever again. I, like, Jesus. I would love to know the, the behind the scenes of this album. Oh, like, what? God. Like, is it all theatrics like is it not because you know at, at first i was like oh man she's like are they like after this is released is she gonna divorce him like is that what's gonna happen here is this is it is this it 
But then I'm like, well, maybe it's not even real. Maybe it's just, you know, she's not specifically referring to him. But, man, I don't know. And he's in it, too, which is crazy. But, I mean, I like it. it it's really interesting because it takes that whole... Because you have the music video parts of it are extremely personal, and it takes that whole... You know, that follows, like, a whole entire narrative, right? If I were, like, finding out, being really pissed off, um, letting him fucking have it for, like, six, seven songs. <laughs> well, it's like, I it mean, also kind of f- follows, like, the stages of grief, too, which is interesting. Yeah. Like, how she's, like, so heartbroken, and then she gets, like, angry, and then she's, like, kind of accepts it, and then, like, they kind of patch it, patch things up or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's just really interesting, the arc that it takes. And I mean, I gotta say, like, if all of it, because again, you don't know with it being, you know, an album, you don't know, like, and it being art, you don't know, like, how much of this is actually true right, and how right. much of this just, like, hurt adding to the, the artistry of it. But, you know, you gotta imagine that a good portion of it's true, you know. And, I would think so. And it I seems mean, like a very personal project. Yeah. And a, I mean, bravo for, I mean, the, I don't know what it, what you have to possess to be able to like put that kind of stuff out there. I know because I I couldn't do it that. It seemed it seemed very like deeply personal. I mean, there's the like she incorporates home movie footage and everything. Well, it, the the thing that really got me is that you have the music video portions of it seem extremely personal, and it's just really really personal to her. And then the the stuff that's outside of it, like the you know the film portions, whatever you want to call it she kind of opens it up to like a more more like universal like affecting everyone mm-hmm. she tries to get on themes and certain issues and stuff and it's just really interesting that they kind of go that way to be like personal and then universal personal universal yeah. like the whole way down to the end and just the amount of stuff that they're able to to put in this like hour right and then to match it with all those visuals it's just like holy shit one thing that I liked so much was the how wildly different some of these videos looked. Because, I mean, this is all different directors, but they all, like, they were all very, they, they were all connected. Like, they, even though a lot of them had very different visual styles, they, it, was, it was so cohesive. It was like there was, the transitions felt natural it didn't feel like video 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 you know you know what i mean it wasn't like Mm -hmm. you're watching mtv back when they used to play music videos and it was just like separate completely separate videos it it all felt like it all it fit together yes and it is really because you have so many people working on this thing yeah I mean, it's really impressive the number of cinematographers and directors yeah that's the thing like not only did she have shitload of directors but she had a lot of cinematographers working on it too and they look different but yet at the same time they all kind of have the same overall feel yeah, they, they all and look but yeah it's just i mean what the i was not expecting that i was not expecting that that was and jay-z you got fucking wrecked dude <laughs> you got fuck i've never heard a dis any diss tracks that even come close to that like Jesus Christ! Yeah, damn. It's uh, it's pretty great. Like I, I actually kind of want to watch it again cause... I do, I do too. I do. I really want to. I mean, it, and... it, it, it's crazy because it is sort of just like music video. I mean, it's like a a visual album, and they're calling it that's what it's called, visual album. 
but yeah. there's there's so much that can be taken out of it. I mean, it can be rewatched, and you can you can take away more than you know the first time you watched it. You can discover different things in it. It's oh, really definitely. it's truly impressive. Like I was kind of blown away by it. Yeah, there's a couple of sequences where you're just like, what? Uh, like when she's walking down that hallway and that fire's burning in the back. Mm-hmm. It's just like the the thing that really got me was the during the credits. Cause you oh have yeah, that, yeah, you have the after the credits, the video that's. Well, they kind of have that like I don't know if it's like a different mix for the the formation beat or whatever, but that's playing. It's just like this is fuck. I could listen to this forever. Yeah. And then they go into that locker room and it's completely black mm-hmm. and there's no one in there. And then the camera goes to the left and they're they're all standing in like locker spaces and then they start dancing. Just like that is maybe the best thing I've seen all year. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is, like, you know, these are, it is very filmic, but at the same time, these are music videos. You know, they they have choreographed dance sequences and all of that stuff that you know with music videos, but it's it's all done so well. Like, it just... Yeah, because it, it, what, what it comes down to is, like, what is it? I don't know. I don't fucking care. Because it looks amazing. I don't give a shit what it is. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if it's don't... a music video. What I, it looks amazing. And I, again, I just, yeah, I want to watch it again. I was not ready for that. No, I wasn't ready. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that shit. I love the scene when she's walking down the street with the baseball bat. Like it just... uh, so, and <laughs> there's like explosions in the background. Yeah. This is already awesome with her just smashing stuff. And then there's just fireballs in the back. And you're just like, it keeps getting better. Like, well, how is this happening? And then she comes out with a monster truck. And you're like, again, oh, yeah. it got better. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely check out that essay, that video essay on that. There was a film that that was taken from, the, the scene where she's walking down the street, busting out the windows with the baseball bat. I don't know what the film was. But it was like almost a shot for shot of that film. Oh, really? But in the in the original film, it was a girl walking down the street, you know, dolly shot, just like the other one. But she, it was like she had like a flower. It was like a big flower, and she was busting out windows with a flower. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to research and figure out what movie that's from. But yeah, I loved it. Lemonade is fantastic. Yep, I agree. If you haven't seen Lemonade yet, seek it out. I still, I, I think it's available on iTunes. I don't know at this point but i'm sure it'll be out there i'm wondering if they'll release the videos like separately i'm guessing that they'll release them separately online like on vivo i would like to see it with just the the non-music video portions yeah that'd be interesting too all all cut together to see because the you know they kind of they break up the rhythm the music videos being kind of lodged in between Mm -hmm. all that yeah so i i would definitely watch that yeah definitely uh, I saw a movie called Bite came out this weekend on VOD. It's a horror movie. It's a body horror movie, which uh, I like body horror movies. Didn't like this one, though. Uh, felt a lot like that terrible contracted movie that I saw a couple years ago, where uh, it's about a, a girl who goes on her... Uh, she has a bachelorette party with two of her friends in Costa Rica. She gets bit by some sort of bug or something. You don't see what it is. It's in water. And she undergoes a transformation that basically turns her into some sort of creature. Um, the big problem I had with this movie, just like Contracted, is that she has she comes back from 
her her trip and she has this giant open sore on her thigh and it is disgusting it is like the most horrific thing you've ever seen she doesn't go to a doctor she doesn't go to the emergency room she just lets it go and it's like it's like spewing pus it's causing her to like uncontrollably vomit uh it's giving her some kind of super hearing like she can hear things that are really really far away and eventually it gets to the point where she does call a doctor and the doctor's like yeah it sounds like you have an infection you know put antibiotics on it blah 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 and it gets worse and it's like okay you're not going to the emergency room now you're not going to the doctor are you serious and then when it gets really bad, she calls her doctor and her doctor doesn't answer and she leaves a voicemail and then that's it. She doesn't follow up. Hmm. It's just, it's so frustrating. Like just, mm-hmm. you, you know, like I get that you don't want, cause it would be a very different movie. Cause if she did go to the hospital or whatever, they'd probably quarantine her and bring in the CDC and it would just be a, a whole different thing. But you have to come up with a better way. To, to justify her not getting help yeah. because it's just, it was nagging on me the whole movie. Uh, now it is very gross. Like, I mean, it's, it's definitely a movie designed to, to gross you out and it succeeds. It's really gross. Yeah. Cause you said open sore on the thigh and I was like, no, nope, I ain't watching that. Yeah. Well, she's in one scene, she's having sex with her fiance and he's like holding onto her thighs. Like she's on top, he's holding onto her thighs and it like explodes in his hand. And he's got this like goo all over his hand. It, Come on now. Needless to say, it killed the mood. Um, Come on now. You wouldn't be doing that. Exactly. I, I definitely wouldn't be doing that. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. I mean, the, the effects work is good. I mean, it's, it is very gross. Lots of vomiting and lots of ooze and goo. And there's these like egg things. Uh. He's like kind of. <laughs> These like transparent egg things that are just everywhere, and they they just they pour out of her mouth, they pour out of her crotch area. They're just everywhere, and then eventually they're just like lining the the walls of her apartment with these eggs that are constantly oozing. <laughs> of course, uh, it wouldn't be a body horror movie without her eventually ripping off her own fingernails because that that happens. Uh, <laughs> I like you're naming all these things. Then you say that she rips off her fingernails, which doesn't like that doesn't seem like the fingernails don't seem to have any correlation to anything else that you've told me. Well, like why fingernails? Well, because her hands start to change as as her transformation progresses. Oh boy. Like her her hands, her her fingers get like real long and kind of gross looking. And, uh, yeah, eventually her fingernails just, she just rips them all off and that's pretty gross. Mm. It's a gross movie. It's a, it's, if you're looking for a gross out mm. type of movie, maybe check it out. But I would still say just watch the fly, just watch Cronenberg's the fly instead, because it's way, it's way better than this. <laughs> I have a review yeah. for this up if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. I got I watched Lemonade and I was like, done. I'm done. I don't need to see anything else this year. <laughs> need to see any more of this shit. Uh, I'll, I'll mention one more. Uh, that's Nemesis from 1992, directed by Albert Pyung. Oh, you got to see Nemesis? I did see Nemesis. I said I would in uh, Ryan Watch's movie last week, and I wasn't kidding. Nice. So this is a kind of a cyberpunk 
science fiction movie. I was just, for some reason, I was just yearning for one of these movies, and this definitely, this definitely did it. This, this, this fulfilled it for me. It's first of all, it's terrible. It is a terrible movie. I don't know what they were thinking with the script. This is some of the worst dialogue. Unbelievably horrible dialogue. Like there, there are sentences that are uttered in this movie that literally make no sense. And some of them, I'm pretty sure, are just fragments. Like, they don't even speak in complete sentences all the time. But, 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 is that because they're cyborgs? Nah, maybe. I don't, I don't <laughs> Basically. <laughs> is that an excuse? <laughs> like, we can make it as terrible as we want. They're cyborgs. It is a, it is a ridiculous premise for a movie, too. It stars this guy named Olivier Gruner, who's sort of like a cross between Jean-Claude Van Damme and Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just a, a weird he's a weird guy. He's really terrible at acting. But whatever the case may be, he's he's the star of this movie and he's a cop who's he's like part cyborg. I guess he is a cyborg cuz cyborg is part man, part machine. Either way, he's hunting he works for the LAPD. He's hunting down terrorists who are cyborgs, but then he realizes that the LAPD is bad, like they're all cyborgs, and they're trying to turn everybody into cyborgs. And there's just all kinds of cyborgs. And the thing, I just, the thing, I, I gotta say that I'm really excited by the, the the number of times that you're saying cyborgs. Oh no, I'm yeah, I'm definitely doing that on purpose. There's a reason behind that. No, it's awesome. Uh, the just makes me want to see it more. The thing, the impressive thing about this movie is a the special effects work is actually surprisingly good for being such a i'm assuming low budget nothing of a movie the there's like some stop motion stuff going on in this uh the like the makeup effects were quite good i was genuinely impressed for the time i mean this isn't this came out in 92 so don't expect anything amazing but for the time i thought i was pretty impressed with the effects work uh the other thing is the action the relentless action all of the action sequences in this movie are like 10 minutes too long. They're just, they never end. And it's just, it gets to a point where you're just like, oh my God, when is this going to stop? Because it'll just be like two people, like two cyborgs, shooting, shooting these crazy space guns into a building for like 10 minutes. And they're just standing there just blasting forever. And it, it just gets to laughable levels. Uh, and it's just a, it was a fun movie i had a fun time with it i probably will go back and watch maybe not all of them because i think there's four of them but i'm at least going to check out nemesis 2 maybe this afternoon that's i found i found that that's available on youtube i i did never really realized what a resource youtube could be for movies because i just assume that everything is is uh has copyrights you know and would not be available on youtube but and I don't know, maybe they just don't care. But I started finding a lot of these older movies on YouTube. Yes, I'm gonna have to start. I'm gonna have to start looking there. Yeah, it's it's mostly like old, bad, straight to VHS stuff that never got re-released. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I'm finding all kinds of great stuff on there. Wonderful. But yeah, I would recommend checking out Nemesis. Just don't expect it to be anything actually good it's definitely a, a so bad it's good type of movie awesome mm-hmm. it's uh cracking some brews and laughing it up with your buddies type of movie yeah, yeah. yep 
All right, let's talk about some predictions. Last week, Captain America, Civil War, you said 86, I said 89, actual 91. Whew. Mothers and Daughters, you said 56, I said 44, actual 22. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next week, we have Money Monster. This is the uh, George Clooney, uh, Julia Roberts film directed by Jodie Foster. Mm. It's also got the, uh, uh, his name's escaping me right now. The guy from uh, that Angelina Jolie movie, but he's also in Skins. Um, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about there? Mm-hmm. No. You know what I'm talking about? No. No? Uh, let me look no him up idea. then. Jack O'Connell. Oh. Jack O'Connell. I like him. Oh. Okay. I don't know. What are you thinking about Money Monster? I don't know. He made him, made him the money whiz of Wall Street. <laughs> Lee Gates. I I don't I don't I don't actually like Jodie Foster's movies for the most part. Her her directed yeah movies. So to to me this just doesn't look great. Uh, I'm gonna say sixty four. Sixty four. All right. I'll say sixty two on this one. And uh, we also have let's see, The Darkness. It's uh that horror movie with. Kevin Bacon. Okay, Bake. Ooh. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to think about this one either. It looks kind of creepy, but I'm just, I'm so totally done with the supernatural horror thing. Yeah. I'm just done with it. And I like that they bring it back from the Grand Canyon. There's, there's one supernatural horror movie that's coming out. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's, it's basically about the darkness. Like, the actual dark, like not this movie. Okay. This movie is called The Darkness, but I think it's called Lights Out. I think that's the name of the movie. But okay. it's like, you know, so many people are afraid of the dark, and there's not too many movies that actually explore that. You know, where there's actually evil spirits in the darkness. Yeah. So that that one actually looks pretty freaky. This one, uh, I'm not so sure. I'm gonna say 42. Yeah. But then, even if you had a movie about the darkness, all you have to do is. You take the covers and make sure that your entire body is covered. And you're safe. And then you're fine. Yep. Yeah, you're completely exactly. safe. Exactly. Uh, for the darkness, I'm going to give it a 30. I'm going to go with 37. All right. I think that's it for wide releases. In limited release next week, we have The Lobster. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be reviewing that one on the show next week, I would imagine. So we definitely are. High Rise. Uh, oh, we should do High Rise. Again. Do it. Do- Second review. Yeah, let's take another look at it. We know it would. It, I mean, I'm not saying we should do it, but it would be interesting to do something like that because we we were gonna be also reviewing that Bridgend movie that came out on Fandor this week, and I rewatched that because I saw it at Tribeca last year. So yeah, I was a year plus removed from it, and I wanted to rewatch it. Now I didn't like it when I saw it, and I I rewatched it this weekend, and I I absolutely hated it yeah which makes me want because i reviewed it i gave it a five and a half in my original review but man it almost drove you to the point of like fuck that making it lower and writing a whole new review yeah like so you know re revisiting movies is not out of the realm of possibility i think it would be kind of interesting to go back and reevaluate some of these movies that we reviewed previously 
yeah, definitely. So I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll comb through like the early the early episodes and pick pick out some movies that we've reviewed really early on. That might be fun. Could be interesting. Could be. Yeah. Uh, also coming out, Last Days in the Desert. That's the Jesus movie with Ewan McGregor. Uh, let's see, Love and Friendship. That's a period piece with Kate Beckinsale and Chloe Savini. Wait, 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 wait. What's that? What's it called? Love and Friendship. Yeah, Love and Friendship. That's the one, um, the Whit Stillman one. Oh, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got the, some movie called The Trust with Nicolas Cage and Elijah Wood. Watch out. <laughs> uh, Search Party, which is the com it's a comedy with Adam Pally and TJ Miller and uh Thomas Middletech. Looks pretty bad. It's got a zero percent. Looks kinda like a hangover ripoff. Mm. Got a new uh John Travolta movie called I Am Wrath, which looks amazing. Oh man. Is he going the cage rap? It looks like it. It here? looks like it. Yes. Got a Tony Jaa movie called Kill Zone 2. Yes, please. Got Pele, Birth of a Legend. It's a movie, okay. it's a movie about Pele. Okay. If you weren't sure by the title. <laughs> Wasn't 100%. Got a Katie Couric documentary called Under the Gun. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this poster? Under the Gun? Holy shit. No, I'm Wrath. I know, it's amazing. Did they Photoshop his face? I, it looks like it. I don't know. It looks really that weird. But... That can't be his fucking face. Can't be. I don't know what it is, but I love it. It looks like that. You remember when that woman was like, oh, I'm going to fix that Jesus painting? And then she turned it into absolute oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks like someone tried to do that to Travolta's face. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Just, I love the looks on his faces too. Like I'm on the Rotten Tomatoes, and the face on the still for the trailer is wonderful. Face on the poster is wonderful. All the photos, they're wonderful. I think we found our second movie for next week. Fuck yeah, we did. Stanley Hill, former Black Ops agent. Oh yeah, Christopher Maloney too. I'm wondering where he's been at recently. Uh, let's see what else. Divine uh, Access. It's a, uh, I think it's a comedy. What We Become, this is a horror movie. It's a zombie movie, I think. Uh, let's see, new Steven Seagal movie. I feel like Steven Seagal's been pumping them out recently. Yeah. I feel like we yeah. just talked about one with him. This one's called That's Asian stuff. Connection. Mm-hmm. I don't understand mm-hmm. how these movies exist. You know, you see these like generic action movies, like the Steven Seagal movies. It's like, A, how do they get the money to fund these? And B, how do they keep coming out? Do they make money? Like, I, I just... So many questions. They are raising a lot of questions. That's pretty much it. Next week on DVD, or sorry, next week on VOD, let's see, we have, uh, where am I at, where am I at? On the 10th, we have Well Wishes, Fursonas, which is that furry documentary I saw at, where was that, Slam Dance, I think. I didn't like it. Uh, and The Devil's Woods. And then on Friday the 13th, we have What We Become, I Am... Salente, which is a documentary about a skateboarder. Kind of interested in that. He's like a homeless skateboarder in, I want to say, Africa. And then okay. uh, that's it. I have what we've become twice in the calendar by accident. I will fix that after we're done recording. Good work. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they get duplicated. I get, a, I get a lot of additions to that, and I can't keep track of all of them. Sorry. <laughs> Next week on Blu-ray, this is for May 10th. 
Tuesday, Deadpool. Looks like it's like 50, about 50 releases of Deadpool coming out. We got Deadpool, got Deadpool 4K, got what appears to be a Steelbook edition of Deadpool, and then some kind of other special edition of Deadpool. So you can Deadpool your balls off next week. Oh, my God. Uh, got The Boy. Talked about that a couple weeks ago. Horror movie. Uh, don't recommend. Don't recommend that. Uh, what else do we have here? Synchronicity. That's that time travel science fiction movie that I don't recommend. Got Mustang. I do recommend that one. Yes, I would also recommend that I one. I was waiting for you to... I realized that. I was just like... Da, 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 da. Yeah, I, f- I figured you would, but I was like, okay, well, let me just... It took me a while. I figured it out. It took me a while. I was like, oh, shit, that's a pause for me to jump in. Yeah, there we go. I'm still here. Uh, let's see, what else do we got? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Looks like a bunch of comedy re-releases. Wet Hot American Summer, Fast Times Rid- Ridgemount High, Knocked Up. Happy Gilmore, Liar Liar, Bruce Almighty. It's a bunch of re-releases. The Jerk. Yes. Let's get a, get a good cover. Fletch. Oh, definitely. I could revisit that one. Fletch, yeah. Heck yeah. And The Jerk. But mo- yes. mostly Fletch, because I, 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 I tend to re-watch The Jerk every couple of years. Let's just do those two next week. Hmm. Do it. Maybe. What do we got on the old uh, Criterion front? Yeah, we got one Criterion. It's a Nicholas Ray movie from 1950. Humphrey Bogart, Gloria Graham, in a lonely place. Is this a noir? This is, uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit of one. Um, I'm going to have a, a review for this. The Criterion Blu-ray review coming up. Watch all the supplements already, because I thought this came out this Tuesday. So I crammed them all in, found out next week. So all that work for nothing. But I'm ahead of the game. And uh, I got to say, I haven't watched the movie yet because I started with the supplements. So that's the most important part for me. Uh, but damn, I can't wait to dig into this movie. It, it, it looks good. I, looks um, really good. I did a Criterion review for, for uh, Easy Rider. I wanted to talk about it, but it, because I already saw it before, it wasn't on my diary list for Letterboxd because I don't, I don't log rewatches. But gotcha. I mean, the Criterion... Is it's good, like the quality's good and all that, and you can read my review. I gave it like an eight. Uh, but man, what a what a terrible movie! I know, right? The one thing one thing garbage. that I totally forgot was how horrible the editing is in that movie with the quick zooms and the weird like the cuts that they do. That where they cut then, back and forth like really fast. Yeah, and then you throw Fonda's. Whatever the hell that is, performance, what it, I don't know. It's just awful. I mean, I, I recognize it as like an influential piece of American cinema, but. Yeah, I'll give it that. But man, the movie itself. I would say that the, the Criterion, if you, if you want to revisit it or whatever, it's a new restoration. It's totally worth picking up. Looks gorgeous. And the, there's two, there's two hour long documentaries about the making of on there and, and some other stuff. So I'd say. You know, check it out because the making of that movie is, is more interesting than the movie itself in a lot of ways yeah so all right i think that, that is gonna do it for this week thank you so much for tuning in you can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulse kevin and please take a minute to take, take a look at our patreon page patreon.com slash 
Film Pulse is the address. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. We appreciate that so very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.